What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Today, I'm joined by Neil and Abhijay to talk a little about the NFL draft. You guys probably remember Abhijay from previous episodes, if you're, a true, if you're a true super fan of the podcast. But it's Neil's first time, so hopefully the listeners uh, give him a warm welcome. What's up, Neil? How are you doing, man? Hey, doing well. Thank you, Ronick. Very excited to get on this podcast, talk with you and Abhijay about some good football with the NFL draft. Exactly, bro. Let's talk some ball. How are you doing, Abhijay? Doing good. Glad to be back on. And we've got a lot of content to go through, especially with the draft. Exactly, man. Exactly. So just as a little intro, I wanted to start with a funny story about uh, this guy named Mike Mamula. Have you guys ever heard of him? No, it doesn't ring a bell. No, not really. Go in and tell us about it. All right. So he's a funny guy, man. So uh, back in the 1995 NFL draft, um, he was the seventh overall pick by the Eagles. So he was kind of one of the first guys that decided, um, I'm just going to train solely for the combine. So he was projected to be a third round pick. So not bad, but not spectacular either. But he literally trained only for the combine. And he ended up getting some crazy numbers. He ran like a 4 5 40, uh, 38 inch vertical jump. And you really know he studied because he got a 49 out of 50 on the Wonderlick test. <laughs> so That's awesome. after he goes off in the combine, all these teams are just enamored with him. Like, bro, this guy's the next Reggie White. He's going to be so good. So the Eagles traded a boatload of picks for the Buccaneers, and they move up and get him seventh overall in the draft. And he ends up being a complete bust. Never has a double-digit sack season. And in six total seasons before his career got ended by injury, he only had like 30 sacks. So he wasn't even that good. And then the funniest thing is the Buccaneers take the Eagles' picks, and they turn them into Warren Sapp and Derek Brooks. Oh, my God. Which is just the most ironic part because <laughs> these guys thought they had the next Reggie White and they ended up passing up on two Hall of Famers with the picks that they could have had. Two Hall of Famers that led the Bucks to a Super Bowl. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. What a turnaround. Exactly, man. I mean, that's how your fortune changed. But he was basically one of the first ever kind of workout warrior players where mm-hmm. he just went off in the combine and then everyone like, just saw his stock like, increase in the draft. And I guess I guess that shows for the young guys that, you know, if you put up crazy numbers in the combine, you could be selected, you know? Exactly. I mean, that's why, like, it's more prevalent now to literally train only for the combine and not really worry about other things, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that also tells you that it's better for teams, especially talent evaluators, to put more emphasis on game tape rather than pure numbers from a combine. Exactly, man. I mean, at this point, DK Metcalf is probably just asking why we haven't mentioned him yet, but... You know, we'll get we'll get into that. So, um, how about we just jump into the uh, to the first round? What do you guys Absolutely. think? Absolutely. So, I mean, yeah. we'll, we'll start at the very top. Um, you know, were you guys surprised by the Kyler Murray pick? And what do you guys think about it? Because Josh Rosen's gone to Miami now. So, what do you guys think about what the Cardinals did so far? Uh, I'll go first. Um, was I surprised? Not at all. Um, when you look at all the reports that are coming out of the Arizona Cardinals uh, camp, uh, you could tell that Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury had his guy in mind from day one so he got that job and he was going to get kyler murray at any cost uh heck if you even go back to his college days he actually heavily recruited kyler murray when he was at a uh when, when he was a college coach so uh no surprise at all and honestly kyler murray fits his system perfectly so um the 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 questions remain on the side of uh offensive talent around him and defense behind him but in terms of scheme fit, it's a perfect fit. Mm-hmm. 
And we'll get uh, I, later in the draft, we'll get to the talent around Kyler Murray. But yeah, Neil, what are your thoughts on it, man? No, I, I can't agree more with OBJ. And I actually talk with them every day about football, you know. So it's, you know, we have very, very similar opinions. And I got to say, I completely agree with them on this one. And, you know, the fact that Kyler Murray, an Oklahoma quarterback, goes first overall again, right? Because we saw Baker Mayfield last year to see another quarterback from the same school that also won in Heisman. Go number one overall. I think that's unbelievable. I think Arizona definitely upgraded their quarterback position, not taking anything away from Rosen. I think Rosen's a talented quarterback. He has a good future, but Kyler Murray fits that scheme. And, you know, they had an unbelievable draft. They added two superstar receivers, in my opinion, that we'll get into that later. But, you know, I think they have surrounded good talent around Kyler Murray at the moment. And I think they're going to be a sleeper team to, you know, really improve, get another three or four more wins from what they were expected to have last year. I think their biggest question mark is going to be on defense, right? With Patrick Peterson, the entire drama going around there, I think that's actually going to be their biggest question mark going forward. Yeah, and, uh, you know, jumping to their second-round pick, Byron Murphy, he's kind of expected to fill that void if Peterson is Mm -hmm. indeed traded. But uh, staying with Kyler Murray for a second, uh, personally, I'm going to zag a little bit where people are, like, really enamored with him. Um, There is a lot of risk choosing a quarterback that's this small, um, as a prospect, first of all, you know, people say like height doesn't really matter. And that's true that height doesn't matter, but there is a higher injury risk. Um, and in addition to that, I, I personally, I thought Josh Rosen coming out of college, uh, com- like last year compared to this year, I think Josh Rosen was a little bit better of a prospect than Kyler Murray was, to be honest. Um, if you look at Murray, like he has protection on like every play at Oklahoma. So if you kind of look at that and, and you see like, okay, this guy has all the time in the world to look around and make a play. And then you kind of look at Josh Rosen, the situation he had at UCLA, where I think only two players that played with him on the offense were drafted. But Oklahoma's entire offensive line is going to be drafted over the next few years. So, um, well, you know, though, I definitely agree with you that Josh Rosen seemed like a more complete NFL quarterback going into the draft. I feel like Kyler Murray's baseball pedigree will help him a lot from preventing injuries. You saw Russell Wilson, for example, you know, though he was undersized, he came in, won a Super Bowl for Seattle. And I think, you know, just cause he's shorter when you're throwing in between the passing lanes, you can, you know, kind of get used to it. It'll take Kyler Murray a little time to develop, but I definitely feel that, Arizona was a good fit for him with Kingsbury as head coach, with the receivers that they added. I mean, Andy Isabella is a superstar uh, route runner. And then Hakeem Butler as well. Those are two great receivers that they added as well. But I feel like Kyler Murray will fit well in Arizona. Rosen, it just seemed like without an offensive line, which Arizona really didn't address the offensive line position that well again this year, I feel like Rosen would have struggled again. You know, So I think for them... Kyler Murray is a better fit. Now, do I think Rosen has the potential to be a better long-term quarterback? Absolutely. I mean, he fits everything to be a prototypical NFL star in this league. But Kyler Murray will come in, and I think he'll have a bigger impact than what Rosen did last year going uh, to the Arizona Cardinals. Sure. Okay. I, I see what you mean. I think that's definitely a fair point because Kyler Murray is definitely a more elusive quarterback for sure. So uh, mm-hmm. uh, we'll just kind of, you know, uh, ping pong around the first round then. What kind of what picks stood out to you guys? Uh, we'll start with you, Abhijay. What do you think, man? Um, in terms of, well, so let's start with the, the glaring pick in the first round, uh, Daniel Jones uh, by the Giants. Um, I thought that was an absolute reach. Um, I watched plenty of Duke games um, uh, during uh, college football season, and uh, not once in any of the games did I see a first round top 10 uh, draft pick in Daniel Jones. Um, 
I get, I understand why the scouts would be enamored of him because he's six five and he has like a big arm. But the problem is, is that um, he just never showed the accuracy or like the poise in the pocket that that you want to see out of a, a first round pick. And honestly, he really struggled against uh, like top tier competition. Like even though the ACC is not exactly uh, the the top to bottom, the most stacked conference. Like he's still against Clemson. He was. Uh, 24 for 43 with under 200 yards passing and mm. uh, 27 QBR. And uh, honestly, I'm just not very high on him at that price. When there are other quarterbacks like Dwayne Haskins, uh, Drew Locke, heck, even uh, um, West Virginia quarterback uh, Will Greer. Yeah. Will Greer. I, I would have taken him over uh, Daniel Jones any day. Yeah. So, I mean, I think. I, I just judging by the reaction when you brought up Daniel Jones, I don't think any of us are really fans of him. I'm not a fan of him as a prospect either. But uh, yeah. like Neil, you'd agree with that, right? You're not a big fan. Oh, of him. 100%. I mean, when they took Jones, I was in disbelief with Haskins growing up in the New Jersey area, becoming he was a Giants fan as ever since he was a kid. I think it was absolutely shocking that they selected him over Haskins. Haskins was a perfect fit for that offense. So it was very, very shocking. You know, I, I could not believe it. I think the best overall pick of the first round draft of the first round, in my, in my opinion, was Quinn and Williams. I think the Niners should have definitely selected him of interior presence like that with an Aaron Donald like, you know, impact. I cannot believe you don't select a guy like him. I mean, you can find edge rushers. There were about five to six talented edge rushers, but there were only two superstar interior D tackles in Quinn and Williams. And I'd say Ed Oliver. So I think I agree with that. Actually, that's a good point. I think that was a great pick. I, I had two reaches. I honestly think the Raiders reached a little bit for Cleveland Farrell. Now, though, I do think he's going to be a leader on that defense. I mean, having 50 and a half tackles for a loss over three seasons at Clemson, 20 in 2018 on his own is unbelievable. 11 and a half sacks last year, three forced fumbles, a defensive captain for two out of three years that won two national championships. It's a big deal, but I still think it's a reach because they could have gotten him later on in the draft. And Jonah Williams from Cincinnati, I think that was also a significant reach as well. He was he's a talented offensive tackle, but I definitely see him dropping as well. And he got manhandled in the national championship game. Cleveland Farrell actually was the one that manhandled him. But I felt like there were other good pass rushers like Josh Allen. You know, other guys were still on the board. So it was a little bit surprising. But I think that's how I feel. And the biggest bust, obviously, Daniel Jones and Seattle great game plan trading down getting more picks always a genius game plan by them and new england oh my god landing Nikhil harry oh yeah. my as a patriots fan i am that's a, that's a great pick i mean he's right there for you go to get him and the rumors were that like in the second round teams are just waiting to pounce like he wouldn't i don't think he would have made it past the cardinals with the next pick the unbelievable pick i i was in disbelief i mean that was new england selecting a receiver in the first round shows that tom brady you know, he wants another one. And that was, I mean, that guy's a stud, right? Nikhil Harry, I watched him at Arizona State. That guy's unbelievable, you know? Exactly, so. exactly. I actually uh, wanted to interrupt you, Neon. I want to bring it back to Daniel Jones really fast, though. And you uh-huh. were saying that Dwayne Haskins was kind of the guy that you wanted the Giants to draft. So oh, my yeah. personal opinion on the quarterbacks in this class was Kyler Murray was by far the best one. And then after that, I... They're all really risky, and then if you're drafting in the first round, I just don't really like them. Like, I don't like Daniel Jones. I don't really like Dwayne Haskins. And then you kind of get to, like, the Drew Locks and the Real Greers, and those guys are kind of just as risky as prospects as Daniel Jones and Dwayne Haskins. 
So really? I think well, I, I would like, disagree with the. Yeah. Well, what do you don't? What do you not like about Haskins? I'm kind of intrigued. Yeah. So that. what I don't like about Haskins is first of all he doesn't have good footwork in the pocket. Uh, anytime you see him get pressured, he gets kind of jittery, jittery footed, and he can't make an accurate pass. And that's the number one thing that's like okay, that's you need to be able to have good footwork in the pocket. Uh, as an NFL quarterback, just because that's how you get through your reads, is how you kind of move around in the pocket and don't get hit uh, under pressure, which you'll like inevitably face. And then the second thing I don't like about him is um, I don't know if he kind of he anticipates his reads very well. Uh, when I watch him in Ohio State, it kind of looks like it's very scripted. Um, you know, it's like all right, look this way, look that way. Okay, then throw the ball. And if it's not there, he, again, he has jittery footed. He kind of looks around, and yes, he had good production, and his numbers look really good by themselves. But as a prospect, I don't know. I don't like him too much, to be honest. Uh, Abhijay, um, you, I'd have you're to, a fan of him. I right? have to completely disagree. I mean, I, I thought actually, I thought Dwayne Haskins was the by far the best quarterback in this class. The only reason that okay. he didn't go first of all was because um, Arizona. It was a special like like I don't know how to say it. Like it was it was a it was a different scenario that uh. Cliff Kingsbury was like a was going to reach for Kyler Murray no matter what. And the other three, the the three teams below him already had a QB, so that's why I that's why he fell. But I mean, I mean, I, in his time in Ohio State, especially last year, people forget that Ohio State had probably one of the worst teams um, around him in probably all of Urban Meyer's uh, time at at Ohio State, and uh, he single handedly carried that offense. And performed uh, well against top tier defenses, arguably the best defense in college football in Michigan, and he absolutely shredded them. Uh, mm-hmm. He has a really strong arm. Uh, he has really good pocket presence in the sense that he stands tall, uh, even against uh, uh, rushes on the inside. And he, I mean, honestly, I, I think he showed uh, towards the end of uh, the season, he showed a lot of, of great uh, touch passes down the field and was able to get them. Um, above this, like past the safety and uh, above the corner. So uh, I'd have to completely disagree. I thought he was one of the better prospects that we've seen in the cu- past couple of years. No, I mean, that's mm-hmm. totally fair. A disagreement is fair. I mean, every quarterback, right, they have the good passes and every quarterback has the bad passes, right? And you kind of look at, okay, do you think that how they're making the good passes are repeatable more often than not? And do you think that the way they make the bad passes are habits that are going to go away once they get to the next level? And I kind of, feel the opposite that you do like you think all the good passes are things that he can repeat i think the good passes are kind of things that are just come in the urban meyer offense they're very like scripted like against michigan like i personally think the scheme was just tearing michigan apart like the receivers are just they're kind of running the same sort of shallow crossing routes every time and they just kind of varied the depth based on what kind of down to distance they were at and it was kind of easy throw after easy throw but then again you know he did have great production and i did see him make some really good throws so i can't take that away from him so I think only time will tell. You have to give all these quarterbacks like three or four years anyway to see what they're all made of. Yeah. And I think throwing for 50 touchdowns in the Big Ten is very, very difficult, you know, regardless of, you know, who you're playing against. When you're in the Big Ten, you know, it's pretty much a defensive. That defense is what they pride themselves on, that that entire conference. And I think, you know, Haskins definitely showed he's a very, very talented quarterback. Now, yes, he does have a footwork problem. I've, I've been reading a lot about that. But at the same time, I feel like if you can prove yourself at Ohio State and, you know, rise, make guys like Paris Campbell, their draft, his draft stock 
rose significantly because of Haskins, you know? So I feel like sometimes the receivers make the quarterback look good. In this case, this is probably Ohio state's least talented team the last six or seven years. And I feel like the quarterback made the receivers look good. That's how I look at it. Yeah. I mean, that's totally fair. Um, I I also don't think Ohio state, like they had Paris Campbell was like the main as Paris Campbell and Terry McLaurin were like the big prospects. McLaurin. Yeah. Yeah, And And McLaurin is teamed up with the, Washington, Washington landing him, I think was a good move because now Haskins gets to throw it to him as, as well. Okay, yeah, that is a good move. Um, but, but I personally didn't think his prospects, either of them, were anything that special either. So mm-hmm. it does kind of play into the whole Ohio State wasn't that talented this year compared to previous years thing. Um, Absolutely. One okay. team I wanted to shout out that I didn't uh, hear you guys mention yet is the uh, Atlanta Falcons. I really mm-hmm. like how they immediately just went and addressed uh, with two picks on their offensive line, Caleb McGarry. Oh, and Chris Lindstrom. I think last year, I think it was really underrated. Um, an underrated storyline, like with the whole defense getting injured and stuff, was the offensive line didn't play well at all. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, if you infuse two first-round picks into the offensive line, you can have instant results. Like, as you've seen over the past few years with many teams, um, kind of just, if you if you um, kind of redo your offensive line, you can make it... Like the Cowboys. Exactly. You can turn mm-hmm. it from a weakness yeah. to a strength really quickly. And you kind of change the identity of your team. I think Devontae Freeman is very happy about that as well. Um, So, you know, and Lindstrom's a great guard out of Boston College, man. He is a hard nosed grinder and he always wins the battle of the trenches, you know. So, I think that was a fantastic pick by them. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, before we move on to the second round, do you guys have any first round picks you guys want to shout out before we head on? I mean, that those are all, I think Nikhil Harry was one of the best picks I've seen going last in the draft in the first round was, <laughs> that blew my mind. So I thought that was a crazy pick. Uh, I mean, RBJ, do you have anything? Um, I still think the steal, the, the first round, probably the draft was Dwayne Haskins at 15. Yeah. Wow. Completely you agree. guys really like Haskins. I, I, I agree. <laughs> I mean, you get a franchise quarterback and let's not forget the Redskins. I think. They were four and two or five and two in first place in the NFC East to start the year last year, right? And then Alex Smith got hurt. That really hurt them significantly. But they're a quarterback away from being a very, very good team. And people forget they landed Montez Sweat as well. And the great pass rusher on the edge. You know, yes, he has some conditions here and there, but that's a great addition on defense to add to their pass rush, you know? Yeah, I think their first round is really boomer bust because like there's a lot of concerns around Montez Sweat. Uh, he had like that mm-hmm. heart issue, but past that, there's some mm-hmm. off the field concerns and kind of um, I, I think some coaching concerns as well about the way he likes to get coached and stuff. And then at the Absolutely. same time, you know, Dwayne Haskins, uh, you guys don't think he's risky, but I personally think he's risky. And anytime you take a quarterback in the first round and he doesn't pan out, it can really set your franchise back. I mean, that's um, true. If if it if he doesn't pan out, it's a huge mistake, right? So I agree. I think, you know, a few other teams that also made good moves. I think Baltimore getting a receiver, they pretty much got rid of their whole receiving core. So if Marquise Brown stays healthy, Hollywood Brown can make a big impact with Lamar Jackson, especially with the deep threat ability. And then, I mean, obviously, you know, the Raiders having two more first-round picks and addressing that safety position immediately with Jonathan Abraham on the number one ranked defense in the entire nation in Mississippi State. I thought that was a good pick. And then, especially with Isaiah Crowell, tearing his Achilles today, Josh Jacobs is, you know, a dime in a dozen, a guy that isn't used up significantly, has the same yards per carry as guys like Saquon Barkley. 
and only a third of the carries, you know, that's, I think Jacobs has a potential to be a very, very useful guy on that offense. His stock is rising significantly from a fantasy perspective as well. Yeah, man. If, if uh, Josh Jacobs, I think is one of those guys that'll just end up being like mm-hmm. super high fantasy traffic. And, and yeah, exactly. It fills a need for the Raiders. And I always like picking running backs. You can also catch passes. Uh, we'll get into that Absolutely. in later rounds. Um, mm-hmm. I'll talk about that more and more, but yeah, running backs that can catch passes are well worth the late first round pick, especially if there's someone like Jacobs who doesn't have really an injury history and hasn't been used up a lot. One hundred percent. Cool. Uh, so, one thing to add. Yeah. One thing to add, just now. really quick. Um, I think the probably the biggest like the one draft pick that could really go either way, like it could, it could pan out amazingly or it could pan out really badly, is uh, Ed Oliver. Um, mm-hmm. like he has all the the tangibles and the talent around him and with him, like within himself to be an elite uh, player in the NFL. But that's at the same time, uh, there were, there are character concerns with him, like especially towards the end of the season with Houston and him openly beefing with uh, major Apple white and pretty much tearing the team apart. So that's a, that's a character concern going forward, uh, especially going into Buffalo where he's definitely not going to win right away. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that remains to be seen. But at the same time, talent-wise, I have no problems with that. That's a great pick. Yeah, completely agree. Exactly. Uh, in terms of talent, just he's like he could be like the number one pick in terms of talent, but then it's the character concerns mm-hmm. that really drop him down. Exactly. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. So we'll we'll jump to the second round now. Um, mm-hmm. What picks stood out to you guys? Um, I have one that stood out to me in a bad way. but Really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, if you if you want, I can go ahead and start this one. Yeah, actually, I'll just jump into the pick that I thought was bad, and I let it. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, so Debo Samuel, I thought there's, yeah. I thought there were a lot of better receivers on the board. To be honest. I cannot. That was my biggest <laughs> reach as well, by far my biggest yeah. reach as well. So that was shocking. With, I mean, you have AJ Brown going, and he's still in the draft. Archiga Whiteside's available. Paris Campbell, if you want deep threat, go get Campbell or get Isabella and run him in the slot. You have Metcalf, right? You have a physical freak out there. What do they have? They don't have a red zone target. The Niners struggle in the red zone. That was their weakness last year. And you go get a guy that's not talented in the red zone? Like, I mean, what? I I did not understand that at all, personally. Yeah, but, I mean, exactly. I think, like, all those other receivers you mentioned, also they also have some concerns, but that's the thing, right? Like, look at where those receivers were picked. You can wait a little bit to get someone like Debo Samuel. You don't have to just grab him at the top of the second round. Like you can trade back and get someone else in that same tier that's probably going to be very similar to him anyway. I cannot agree more. Yeah, exactly. And I thought also the Chiefs getting uh, uh, Miko Hardman was a little bit of a with the whole Tyreek Hill news coming oh, out. Yeah. I thought that was just kind of like guy. a panic pick. Like and another guy that has issues. I mean, that same thing at Georgia. I I don't know what they're doing. I really don't know what they're doing. In oh, terms he also of, had some like. Uh, he also he issues. also has issues. Yeah, DUI issues. So I mean, oh, they. Okay. Oh, I mean, DUI they, is different than like assault and stuff. It right? is. It is. But still, I mean, like at this point, with with the way your franchise is looking from an off the field concern level, you just got to do proper research, do your diligent research, and make sure you get guys that are good off the field as well. Cause you want leaders going forward. You have a superstar quarterback in Mahomes. That's, you know, the last year was the best quarterback in the league purely from last year. Now he's not in my top five just, just yet, you know, cause there are other guys like Rogers, Brady, Wilson, breeze that are higher still in my opinion, but Mahomes was unbelievable. And you're not, you got to go get him a guy that, you know, will play with him every single Sunday in my opinion. No, that's so, fair. Um, that's fair. I yeah. definitely think, you know, the off the field thing about the chiefs is big. 
But anyways, yeah, we can just start talking about the other picks. So Neil, you said you had one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, my best value pick by far that round was DK Metcalf. I don't think it was even a close comparison. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about how there's physical freaks that purely prepare for the combine and their stock rises. But Metcalf is still very, very talented. And, you know, Russell Wilson can make any receiver on that team look good. And Metcalf was supposed to go in the first round. He dropped to the second. But you get him end of second, basically an early third round pick that's the value you look at it and it's unbelievable that he dropped that far that absolutely blew my mind i could not believe that and i thought the best overall pick of the second round was greedy williams dropping to the browns i thought that was you know i mean the guy's unbelievably talented at corner and then i think the biggest bust was sean bunting i mean that's not a proven corner and the buccaneers reaching for him was a little bit of a shock. Him and Debo Samuel were my two biggest ones. And sleeper picks, I had Andy Isabella. I've been high on Andy Isabella since day one. The guy, NFL comparison was Julian Edelman, you know? So I think that will really help Arizona's offense. And Kingsbury has another piece to really hammer away in that very, very difficult NFC West division. So that was a good pick. I think Trayvon Mullen as well. And over, and this is a crazy stat, not many people know, and over 800 snaps. He never he has touchdown, known. right? Exactly. And he's, there's only two corners in, NF, in NCAA history that have done this in 500 plus snaps. And that is Namdi Asamoah, who the Raiders selected as well, and Trayvon Mullen. So they're hoping that they got their next Namdi. And he's a man-to-man guy, and he can play zone. He's a very, very talented corner. And then finally, Denver, right? Getting Risner at the offensive tackle position, I think that made a big difference. And Denver is known for, you know, getting the wrong quarterbacks every year in the draft. But Drew Locke, I I think he has potential. So that was my second-round analysis. Cool. Yeah, definitely, man. Just giving it to us all at once. That was nice. Um, (laughs) Yeah, first of all, I want to start with DK Metcalf. Abhijay, what did you think as as a Seahawks fan about that pick, man? Uh, as a Seahawks fan, I'm absolutely thrilled to have this guy, especially at the value that we got him. I mean, you look at the, the receivers that went above him, uh, J.J. Arcega, Whiteside, um, and uh, what's his name? Uh, Andy Isabella went ahead of him. Isabella, yeah, yeah, yeah. Isabella Nicole and Hardman, uh, A.J. Brown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like out of all those guys, out of all the receivers that are taken in this draft, he has the most upside. Um, and I'm happy with it. I'm absolutely happy taking him at the end of the second round and not really risking as much as the other teams did for their their receivers. Um, I definitely thought that uh, the Denver QB that they drafted, Drew Locke, I think he's actually pretty pretty solid of a QB. Um, he can develop in a few years sitting behind Joe Flacco. Mm-hmm. Um, at his time in Missouri, he performed pretty well against uh, uh the elite teams in uh, in conference play uh, against Alabama, uh, Georgia. He put up a great fight. He kept them within two possessions of that game. Yeah, he uh, absolutely so, annihilated Florida on the road uh, this year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to bring that up, but yeah, yeah <laughs> I guess the better defenses in in the SEC. He did he did pretty damn well. So um, I think there's a lot of upside with this guy, and I I would have taken him over Daniel Jones. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a few picks for me that are kind of underrated players or lesser-known players that were all, like, you know, very good. Uh, first of all, getting uh, the Panthers and the Bills, getting Greg Little and Cody Ford uh, tackles from Ole Miss and Oklahoma, respectively. Both really mm-hmm. solid uh, solid offensive linemen, and they help uh, each team kind of reinforce uh, their offensive line. 
I also really like the uh, Patriots pick of Jawan Williams from Vanderbilt. Absolutely. Uh, if you kind of look at this guy's yeah. measurables, and he apparently had like a long meeting with Bill Belichick and the coaching staff, just kind of breaking down film and stuff. He's kind of a guy that team said reminded him of uh, Richard Sherman. So he's kind mm-hmm. of one of those like really long guys. If you look at his height, like six four guy from Vanderbilt, like I think he, he, you know, he's one of those guys that Bill just thinks plays the game the right way and stuff. So I think that's a good pick, and I think it's also really telling that uh, he was picked ahead of Greedy Williams by the Patriots. Um, personally, like I know you said you're a big fan of Greedy Williams, Neil, but mm-hmm. I think it goes to show that Greedy Williams isn't really a complete corner yet because that's the kind of uh, player the Patriots target, someone who's going to tackle and who's going to be very good in coverage. So yeah. it kind of shows that Greedy Williams has some holes in his game he needs to improve on. I mean, that's definitely valid. I think in terms of pure coverage, he's pretty good. But no, there's sometimes he has a lot of mental lapses, right? That's why people exactly. weren't that high on him. And few off-the-field concerns with Williams as well, you know? So that's another He's also not that. very good in run support. Well, at least yeah. he wasn't in college. Exactly. Yeah, that's like yeah. the one thing Bill Belichick hates is when his corner That's <laughs> huge. For, for secondary, that's huge, man. That makes a big difference. Exactly. And then the last guy, uh, the Chargers, uh, getting a safety into Sear Adderley from Delaware. I think uh, him and Derwin James, man, that's going to be a nice one-two punch of safety. Oof. They're going to be able yeah, to do both, like, basically both LA teams, right? Even even the Rams got Taylor Rapp. Yeah, that's that's a both literally, teams are stacking their safety groups. Taylor Rapp is a like-for-like replacement yeah. for a Lamarcus Joyner, who's on the Raiders now. But oh, he was unbe- unbelievable at UW. You know, you know, I agree. You can never go wrong with a UW corner or secondary yeah, player. Secondary is so. so good there, man. Yeah. They're so good. Damn, so you guys are still no, on I the uh, Sydney Jones hype for the Eagles. Yeah, I think he'll, I, he'll be fine. I, I think he'll be good. I think he'll start this year. So. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for him is injuries. If he doesn't get hurt all the time, he'll be a lot Oh, man, that's a huge issue, right? But I think, I mean, he has to stay healthy, right? As a rookie, you have to stay healthy after this, right? You don't, if you want to get paid, at least. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, any other picks you guys didn't like? I didn't hear enough negativity about this round, so. Uh, I mean, <laughs> honestly, the, se- the second round, it doesn't seem like a lot of guys were reaches. You know, maybe Eric McCoy from for the Saints. He's a bit of a prospect at center. He was okay at Texas A&M. So that was a little bit surprising. And, uh, I mean, you talked about McCole Hardman. I think that was, you know, a very, very questionable pick, in my opinion. Even Thornhill from Virginia. I, I, I don't know. The Chiefs didn't seem like – usually they have really, really good drafts. And this year I wasn't that impressed with their draft. So, yeah. Yeah, and no, I agree. Um one thing is that kind of stood out to me after the second round is over the Texans. I'm glad they got Lonnie Johnson from Kentucky because they needed uh, some secondary help. Mm-hmm. But their two tackles that they've selected, or the two linemen that they've selected so far, it shows one guy out of like some random Arkansas. Northern Illinois. Alabama yeah. State. Yeah, Alabama yeah, State in the first round. Mm-hmm. And the second round guy, um, Max Sharping from Northern Illinois. Yeah. They're both yeah. kind of more de- uh, looked at as developmental offensive linemen. 100%. And the Texans yeah. need help now. Like, I would expect <laughs> the Texans to do what the Falcons did and just grab two guys who are ready to play at the next level right now. Yeah, because I their offensive line needs some help, and Deshaun Watson needs some help. You got too. a franchise quarterback. You don't want to let him get injured again, or he already tore something. Let's not let him tear his ACL or whatever he tore again, you know? Exactly, exactly. Uh, I'll jump in really quick. Uh, yeah, man. There's nothing wrong with this, the player itself they selected, but um, I thought Byron Murphy, like as good as he is, uh, Arizona needs help on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. And their secondary is already very good. So, I I, I mean, there, obviously, technically, there's nothing wrong with the pick itself because I think my Byron Murphy will be a starter in the NFL. But you need to surround your uh, new franchise quarterback with protection because um, 
he's not going to have the same elite O-line that he did in college in front of him in, in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the one thing I, I will say in defense of the Cardinals, though, is that you, you see there's a, there was a run on offensive tackles after they picked Byron Murphy, but there was also a run on corners. So for mm-hmm. them, it was kind of like, who do I like better on the board? And for them, it was Byron Murphy. And the other thing about the offensive line is their whole offensive line was injured last year. That's the reason they were so bad. Like, if they had their starting offensive line, they would have been closer to league average. And, and I think that they're kind of hoping that this year their offensive line will play average and Kingsbury's scheme will get the ball out quick and into the playmaker's hands. Yeah, Kingsbury has a very fast scheme. I mean, I still think you got to give your franchise quarterback good protection, but I actually think the Byron Murphy pick shows a lot about how they feel about Patrick Peterson. That was my guess, right? Is I don't think they're that high on Peterson. I think they want to trade him either mid-season or early on if you know the season's a dud. I, he does not seem happy in Arizona. So I, I'm assuming that's why they selected Murphy. That was my main guess there. Yeah, I mean, I think the other thing is, like, who else do they have at corner other than Peterson? I don't think I can name a single secondary player on the Cardinals other than uh, Patrick Peterson. And then so, they lost Buchanan. Exactly. Mm. So, I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, yeah, I mean... I'm, that's why uh, they drafted Byron Murphy from reinforcement, even if they don't end up getting rid of Patrick Peterson, so... So we'll oh, see yeah, what sense. ends up happening. Yeah. So we can uh, move on to the third round if you guys don't have any more picks in the second yeah. round. Cool. Let's do it. Yeah. yeah, so this is kind of the last of like the big like first two days of the draft. Um, one thing, the Steelers taking Deontay Johnson out of Toledo. Um, he's actually kind of an underrated Great guy. Great pick. You know? Great pick. He, he actually kind of reminds me of AB as crazy as that is. The route running is disgusting, man. He's unbelievable. So, no, I thought that was a great pick by Pittsburgh. I agree. Exactly. That was a pretty good pick. Um, I like the Cardinals getting a pass rusher. And then the Niners, I, I don't get it. What do you Really? I, I actually thought Jalen Hurd was a good pick. I feel like, you know, six four and a half receiver, that's someone that they could probably use properly on that offense. Because I, I, I felt the same way about Debo Samuel, but I think Hurd is actually a pretty, pretty talented receiver. And tra- he transferred to Baylor, and he also made a big impact at Baylor. So I think that wasn't that bad of a pick. I mean, he's a running back transferred receiver as well. He changed positions. And I think he can also play tight end. He can do multiple different positions. So, you know, Shanahan is, you know, a good enough coach to use his receivers properly. I think that'll help him. But no, at the same time, I felt like, you know, they had more pressing needs in the secondary. I I don't know how you can bag on Sherman and Barrett with how injury prone both of them are and Sherman getting up there in age. How do you not go get another second, you know, corner with the way Seattle gets Metcalf Arizona snacks two superstar receivers and you know the Rams are unbelievable in offense they're passing offense even with Goff being inconsistent here and there they're still a dangerous offense from a receiving perspective so I was surprised they didn't go corner exactly yeah I think also Jalen Hurd's kind of more of like a slot guy right like he is yes he has big Mm -hmm. size and he's a red zone threat but like you were saying they need a red zone threat but Mm -hmm. I don't really get why you're getting Jalen Hurd and Debo Samuel because they kind of occupy the same area of the field right I think one of them yeah. would have served the purpose, and then you kind of, uh, and then you attack other needs like the secondary and stuff. So you know, I, I'm not yeah. really sure exactly yeah. what they were thinking with those two picks. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. How about you, OBJ? Any thoughts on this round? Um, I thought one questionable pick was uh, Devin Singletary from FAU. Yeah, that I hate, was I mine as well. Yes, sir. I, I, I hate the pick. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I would have, I wouldn't be opposed to getting him in the later rounds, but uh, this early, I thought that. I, I I did catch some games 
of FAU, like especially last season. And I mean, as good as he was on the field, um, I mean, really that that whole conference is not known for defense. So, mm-hmm. um, and and the fact that he's a small running back with really he only had six catches in in his entire college career. Exactly. How can he I be don't a know. Small I, running I, there, back there are other no picks that they could have taken yeah. to help. Um, uh, Josh Allen uh, developed, so I don't yeah. know. Exactly. Hit that spot on, spot on, right there. I completely agree. Him and even Damian Harris. I mean, New England usually nails their picks, and they did the first yeah. two rounds. But I was surprised about that. I didn't think they needed a guy like him. But exactly, I think you know, we'll uh, picking Damian Harris signifies they're probably going to cut either Burkhead or Brandon Bolden. Um, and they're just adding depth. But I mean, at the same time, like he's probably not going to contribute on special teams too much. So I don't mm. really understand why you're picking him because. I don't know. I just feel like you can get someone later who doesn't catch passes anyway. Um, yeah, I agree. I had a few picks though that really stood out to me as well. Yeah, sure. If man. You want go for yeah, it. Yeah. So I thought I thought Jalen Ferguson, LA Tech. He was supposed to go in the second round. He's one of the most dominant pass rushers all in all of college football last year. So I was shocked he dropped in Baltimore. Basically, you know, they they lost one of their best pass rushers in Zadarius Smith. So I think that was a great replacement going and getting Jalen Ferguson. I think Seattle and Indianapolis also selected two very, very talented linebackers, Cody Barton out of Utah and Bobby Okereke out of Stanford. I think. Okariki, I think is what Okariki, yeah, I, I think you're correct. Yeah. yeah. So I thought those were good picks. Miles Boykin, here's a huge sleeper alert. I'm going to give you two big sleeper fantasy alerts that you guys should keep in mind. Miles Boykin, receiver that the Baltimore Ravens selected out of Notre Dame. Very, very explosive receiver. Super underrated. I think he has the potential to even start at the number two for the Ravens. So that's, yeah, so uh, you know. Actually, I'm going to interrupt you really fast, Neil, with the mm-hmm. uh, the fantasy sleeper thing. Uh, with your first fantasy receiver. So Miles Boykin, I, I, there's no way that he's going to do anything in fantasy this year, man. You really think so? Yeah, I'll tell you why. First of all, rookie receivers... Mm-hmm hardly ever like consistently perform in fantasy um i think that like odell is like a super outlier like people like think of odell beckham and stuff but since that like what rookie receiver has actually finished like mm-hmm. as a wide receiver two in fantasy like a top 24 guy like even ridley i think was barely inside the top 24 but and he was so inconsistent it was all touchdowns um mm-hmm. and then you you know the fact that the ravens are going to run the ball a ton and then miles boykin didn't have much production in college man like Yes, he makes great plays, but his production profile was kind of average. And he's one of those guys who just kind of showed up to the combine and rose his stock a lot. Mm-hmm. So no, I, I think all those things together, like, I don't know about him being a fantasy sleeper this year. I don't think he'll be fantasy relevant. I think uh, he's a better on the field player than a fantasy player. Yeah, the main reason I put him as a sleeper is because, you know, Hollywood Brown is a lock in slot, right? He doesn't play on the outside. And then Willie Sneed, Jordan Lastly, Chris Moore, Miles Boykin. Out of all four, I'd say Willie Sneed is probably the most proven. Jordan Lassie's, you know, a prospect. Chris Moore is, you know, usually a special teams guy. I mean, he's nothing better than that. Miles Boykin's the next best receiver. And Seth Roberts also plays in the slot. So when you look at the receivers that Baltimore has available, I feel like he is almost, you know, a lock to start by week seven, week eight. That's why I went in on Boykin. I think he'll be a sleeper going forward. And Hollywood Brown, the ma- another big thing is Hollywood Brown has a list Frank injury. He's healing from that. We don't know how that would affect him. So that's why I thought, hey, Boykin has a chance. But also Lamar, I mean, not Lamar, uh, Lamar Jackson, he doesn't, you know, really pass the ball often down the field. They run a very, very balanced offense. So that could affect his production as well but i i think i definitely agree with you there if, if i were to go to receiver that i think shows up it'd probably be terry mclaurin from 
you know, the Redskins, if that was any rookie receiver in this round, I feel like he has a, has good, you know, chemistry with Haskins. So that could be a good guy, but Jay Sternberger tight end, you know, for the Packers. Now, I think he has a potential to start itself. I think he is going to be an absolute steal for the Packers. So I love that pick. He was supposed to go in the second. He went to the third. That was an unbelievably talented pick that they got. Yeah, I think Sternberger is a guy with a lot of receiving chalk. Really fits what the modern NFL is doing. Um, I kind of questioned what the Bears were thinking, uh, getting David Montgomery oh, for the first pick. Yeah, I, I didn't um, get that at all. Like, like he's a good two-down running back, and he's one of the better two-down running backs in the class. But that's your first pick of the draft. You have other needs. Like your defense is not going to lead the NFL in takeaways again. If like mm-hmm. even if you had like a bunch you of graders yeah. in your yeah. al- analytics department, they could tell you that. So. I don't know what yeah. they're thinking. They, yeah, exactly. They lost Adrian Amos um, too. So uh, yeah, but Vic Fangio's a huge loss. I think defensive coordinator. Is that that'll... your defensive coordinator too? Yeah. 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 Uh, just really quick, I was going to add. Uh, yeah, the Ravens are going to run a different offense this year, not what Marty Morning would was coming because he got fired. So they have Greg oh, Roman there now. True. So that's that could actually uh, that. I think we'll see a completely different offense from them. That could um, open the playbook. That's true. As for this draft, I actually liked the pick by um, uh, the Steelers getting Justin Lane. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, that's I thought, mm-hmm. especially like, you know, Steelers have been prone to giving up big plays down the field. So I think he's going to come, come in and um, be able to really uh, lock down the other side of Joe Hayden, especially with Joe Hayden being so injury prone. And like mm-hmm. um, in and out of the lineup, he's still a great player. But um, adding Justin Lane uh, alongside him could could really uh, help that Steelers secondary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. I think that's a that's a good pick to touch on. Especially the Steelers have needed a lot of help in the secondary as well. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, I think the Patriots getting Chase Winovich. That's one of the steals of the draft. That was a good pick. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He had better numbers than Rashawn Gary did at Michigan, actually. So that was a very, very good pick. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, uh, this pick will probably fall into the category of WTF, bro. What were the Chargers thinking? Trey Pipkins? <laughs> like, from Sioux Falls or whatever? Like, uh, no one's heard of the guy. Oh, personally. offensive back. Oh, yeah. wow. No one's heard of the guy. He played in Division Two, so literally no one... None of us have watched him, guaranteed. Yeah. I mean, that's not, a surprising prospect in the third round, man. Yeah, wow. I mean, not only that, it's like the guy like was outside of a lot of people's top three hundred for the draft. <laughs> so like, yeah, uh, it I just, don't know. We'll you know see. Maybe it's because he played in D two, and maybe he like wound up being like a steal, and the Chargers will be looked at as geniuses. But more often than not, these kind of picks don't work out. No, so I agree. It's kind of a waste of a third round pick. Um, mm-hmm. You know. Also, there's one sleeper to, uh, that oh, yeah, there's one ahead, sleeper that I really liked, um, uh, Josh Oliver, uh, the tight end from San Jose State. He yes, pretty much the one great player, elite player on that San Jose State team, which was pretty bad. But um, giving uh, Nick Foles a huge target, uh, reminiscent of uh, Zach Ertz, huge uh, uh, catch radius, and he's a pretty good blocker. So. Um, and I think that's a great fit for them and, and gives them exactly what they need, a safe uh, and reliable target for uh, Nick Foles. Yeah, definitely, man. Uh, I think one pick that's kind of important was uh, the Rams getting Daryl Henderson, actually trading up for Daryl Henderson, the running back from Yeah, Memphis. with Gurley. Yeah, with Gurley's whole situation, it kind of makes me wonder like how confident they are in Gurley actually staying healthy. 
mm-hmm. uh, that they're going up and getting a back that's like honestly Daryl Henderson is like for me a top three back in this class. Um, you look at the pass casting chops, his explosiveness, and he's the kind of a player they really needed. Uh, they probably wish they had him in the Super Bowl to be honest because they needed some yeah. of that pass casting. Yeah. I'm he's, actually gonna he's get absolute, into... he's an absolute home run hitter by mm-hmm. far. Yeah, no, I'm going to get into the Rams getting another incredible pick next round as well. They actually, you know, they didn't have many picks, but they addressed a lot of needs very, very quickly. I was pretty surprised, to be honest. Yeah, definitely, man. I mean, now I'm just going to open it up to basically the entire draft, like just later round picks, all the day three guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, who really stood yeah. out to you, um, Neil? Who we were talking about with the Rams? Okay. Well, yeah, I was thinking maybe we can do fourth and fifth, and then we can do sixth and seventh after. Sure, but, man. Uh, yeah, you, you know, can combine fourth and fifth. Go ahead. Who's your best yeah, for the fourth and fifth? So, so fourth and so fourth round. I thought Ugo Amadi, Seahawks selected a great pick. You know, they do have a slight need at safety. I thought he was great at Oregon, so that was a great pick. And you know, I, I'm a duck. You know, it's a little bit of bias we, there, but I thought I'm just I'm just going to jump in really quick. Uh, we're probably going to play him in the slot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, exactly. That's that's what I was expecting. But he's talented, man. He's a very, very talented safety. So I thought that was a good pick. I thought the best overall pick of the fourth round was Hakeem Butler. Outstanding pick for Arizona. He has a chance to be, you know, Christian Kirk doesn't heal properly. He has a chance to even start for the Cardinals. So that was a great pick. Biggest reach, without a doubt, was, an, again, the 49ers. You take a punter. I, just, I don't even know, man. You, I cannot believe they took a punter in the fourth round. That blew my mind. And, you know, a few other yeah. picks in the fourth round that stood out to me. I thought Stidham was a great pick. He's a prototypical NFL style quarterback. I think he is going to be very, very good. And when he sits behind Brady, he has an arm. Very, very intelligent quarterback. I think that was a great pick by them. Greg Gaines, people forget, and Domicon who's no longer on the Rams. That is their defensive tackle, their starting defensive tackle next year, and he is disruptive. People have not watched enough tape on this guy, but he is a disruptive player. So I thought that was a very, very good pick by him, by them. I mean, he was unbelievable at UW last year, absolutely unbelievable. And I would also say, you know, in the fourth round, that was pretty much the guys that stood out to me. In the fifth round, Cam Smith from Minnesota. They lost, likely losing Anthony Barr, so that was a good pick. My favorite pick, and you know, you know, having some support for the Raiders, Hunter Renfro from Clemson. That's another Clemson guy that they got. I could not believe that. Less than two percent drop rating. Huge improvement in the spot from Seth Roberts. With the Raiders leading the NFL in drops, drop percentage, partly actually 90% is because of Amari Cooper, right? But you lead the NFL in drops <laughs> for the last five years and you change that, unbelievable, right? You're, you're going and getting guys to actually catch the ball. So big difference maker. It doesn't matter if you can run routes. If you can't catch the ball, that you know it'll hurt you long term. It shows inconsistency. That's why you can have 200-yard games. You can have 60-yard games, you know? But I think Renfro was a great pick. And, you know, Tampa Bay, I thought it was funny. I don't know if you guys noticed, Tampa Bay selected a kicker in the fifth round again. So I thought, you know, hopefully this is their Robert Aguayo. I think that could make a difference. And then Mac Wilson, linebacker, the Browns selected out of Bama. He, I'm surprised he's dropped that far. That I think he'll be really talented. But that was my rundown on the fourth and fifth. Yeah, I feel you, man. Uh, one thing, uh, Stidham kind of uh, sounds to me more like a career backup, to be honest. He's a guy that's like mm-hmm. really intelligent, but on the field he doesn't really like utilize his tools enough to kind of be a really good quarterback. Uh, I think sitting yep. behind Brady would help, but I think really the Patriots are looking for like a developmental backup kind of guy. That they could make He's also not very game. clutch, but I'll, I'll, that's an aside. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I like the Eagles' pick of Sharif Miller. Um, he's yes, a solid guy from yeah. Penn State. 
for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drew Tranquil from Notre Dame. He's like an inside linebacker that really fits kind of what you want to do in the modern NFL where you're kind of quick and you want to sort of um, be able to stop those like play action RPO plays, but also make tackles against the run. He's like a very sure-handed tackler. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I like that. Um, Riley Ridley, another horrible pick by the Bears. And basically just like they took their third and fourth round picks and kind of just burnt, like lit it on fire, basically. Um, I don't know what they were even thinking of this draft, to be honest. I agree. Yeah, so those are kind of my big things. I like Gary Jennings as well from West Virginia to the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. He's like a really underrated guy. He'll be good. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Uh, how about you, LBJ? What kind of stood out to you? Yeah, um, for the fourth round, I actually, I actually really like the Bryce Love pick because mm-hmm. yes, he's coming off a torn ACL, but at the same time, his he picking him in the fourth round is actually a great value pick because um, when when healthy, that guy is a first first round, second round uh, talent. Um, huge home run hitter, uh, really great vision. Uh, he doesn't have, he doesn't bring a lot of power in the run game, but it's 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 just another um, uh, outlet for uh, uh, Dwayne Haskins to throw to. So, especially in the screen games, I really like that pick. Um, yeah, I mean, Hakeem Butler can't really go wrong there. Hell of a pick. Uh, Hakeem Butler is like a top three receiver in this class, in my opinion. Yeah, I think he showed yeah, that he's amazing. That he can do he everything. Cre- you know, he can he play creates, outside, inside. He can run every route. He he's a red separation. Zone yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nothing wrong with that pick at all. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's that's mostly sums it up. I mean, without being a homer, but I really like the Gary Jennings pick because another um, big body guy who can catch 50-50 balls for Russell Wilson. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much my fourth round. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, same for me. Uh, any sixth or seventh round picks that stood out to you guys? Yeah, I mean, for me, Trace McSorley, quarterback of the Ravens, selected just in case anything happens to Lamar Jackson. He's a good guy that can come in and, you know, take over the team and at least get him a few wins. Uh, Armand Watts, great defensive tackle for minnesota i thought he's one of the best interior pass rushers so that was a good move and you know 49ers may have had a very very questionable draft but i thought they had a great pick in caden smith the tight end out of stanford you can never go wrong with the tight end from that school so yeah stanford is like tight end university yeah so that was sixth round seventh round again i'm gonna give minnesota a lot of credit they actually had a great draft but dylan mitchell you put him in the slot for cousins that was an unbelievable pick he was the second best receiver I mean, they, people were saying technically it was a third in this draft, but people were saying in terms of numbers, he had the second best numbers out of any Pac-12 receiver, you know? So he is going to come in and immediately make an impact for Minnesota. You know, Aldrick Robertson got hurt as well. So I think that will definitely help, you know, the Vikings a lot. And Nick Algretti was another one of my pick, picks. He's a great guard that I think will help the Chiefs because they lost a lot of offensive linemen. They lost Mitch Morris. They lost Jordan Devy. So I think they had to address that guard position. So that was my sixth and seven round picks. I had a question though for you guys. Uh, how do you feel about the Raiders going in on Clemson and Alabama players taking, you know, four guys out of the SEC? Uh, personally, I think it was actually like, five. Yeah, yeah, actually five. Personally, I think uh, a lot of it has to do with just the assortment of talent that's around that area, and I think mm-hmm. a lot of it's just coincidence too, man. I mean, you just kind of you you look at like where are the best players coming from and a lot of them are kind of at Clemson and Alabama, you know, and then the SEC yeah. and ACC. So you kind of like, it's a lot of coincidence uh, mixed with just, you know, when you're, when they're scouting players like Clay and Pharrell, they'll see the other players on the team. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when you scout someone like Josh Jacobs, you also see the other players on the team. 
So it is kind of stuff like that that uh, leads them to make the picks that they made. And I think they had a solid draft overall. Uh, what do you think, Abhijay? I mean, I mean, it doesn't hurt to go wrong with the two best teams in college football, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Directly taking the best players on both teams. I mean, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, they, I mean, all the the picks the Raiders took. I mean, they were, I mean, Jacobs, uh, Pharrell. I mean, they're all solid players. I'm, they're all immediate contributors too. So, you know, no problem with that. No qualm there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, one pick I want to actually go back to the um, fourth round, I believe, was where the Ravens selected uh, Justice Hill. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he's a really big sleeper because if you kind of look at like who they have on their team right now, um, yeah, with the 111th pick, they selected Justice Hill. So I think if you look at who they have on their team right now, you have Mark Ingram, who's kind of an older running back, um, you know, maybe not the best pass catcher. Uh, and then after that, they kind of have like Kenneth Dixon and nobody. Um, Gus Edwards, kind of a nobody. Uh, and I think Justice Hill is a guy who can come in, he can catch passes. Um, so that's like a big thing I always look for, uh, like who can catch passes. So Justice Hill, he can catch passes, he's explosive, he's a really good runner, and uh, I think he can come in and make an immediate impact, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. One pick I saw that, that really caught my eye was actually Easton Stick. Uh, the quarterback mm-hmm. from North Dakota State. Yeah, so, Carson Wentz it, is. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't exactly. Know when like, he comes after Carson Wentz, I forgot the the name for it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, he's a good quarterback for sure. Um, yeah, so he they, they uh, the Chargers took him in the fifth round, late late in the fifth round. So I mean, he's a obviously a developmental prospect, but um, you know he has like the size and I mean he has the arm to uh, play in the NFL. Just a question of accuracy and. Um, developing his pocket pre- uh, presence. Um, yeah, that, that's an interesting pick. Uh, that's one for the future, obviously. Um, let's see, another one that I saw. Actually, you guys go ahead. I've, I've, I lost what I was yeah. looking at. Well, yeah. I was actually going to go back to the first round, something that we I'm shocked we didn't talk about. So yeah, the Raiders had three first-round picks. I think people forgot that the Giants also had three first-round picks. And, you know, though I didn't like their first pick at quarterback, they took some stars with their second and third or overall first round pick. I thought the defensive tackle Wilkins is very, very good. Uh, Dexter you know? Lawrence, not Christian Wilkins. Wilkins. Oh, sorry, Miami. sorry, sorry. I, I mean, uh, Lawrence, Dexter Lawrence. Yeah, yeah I thought he, that was a very, very good pick on Clemson. And yeah, sorry, I'm confusing both the Clemson D tackles. But yeah, no, I, th- I thought Lawrence is, you know, going to, you know, have that Snacks Harrison, that Damon Harrison kind of impact. And he could come in there and maybe even start day one, you know, so that's a big pick for them and i also thought deandre baker i mean when you win the jim thorpe award you're a proven winner you know you're a proven talent and i thought if janoris jenkins does end up getting traded that's also another good pick by the giants yeah exactly i think the giants did do a good job with the first with the later two picks of the first round um you know if they made a different pick with the first pick i think their draft would have a different story to it but you know it's really as a quarterback goes their team's gonna go so We'll see how I that agree. ends up for them. Um, yeah, TJ Hawkinson from Iowa and Noah Fant from Iowa, two of the tight ends as well we didn't touch on. Um, both really talented tight ends. Um, Fant oh, going yeah. to the Broncos. Uh, good for them that they got like a tight end for Flacco because he's a notorious for throwing the tight ends a lot. <laughs> yes. And then the Lions, um, eighth overall is really high for a tight end. So, I mean, we'll see if they get him involved early and uh, we'll kind of yeah. see what happens there. Cool, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, uh, Abhijay, did you ever figure out which uh, which pick you were about to talk about? Yeah, yeah. So, I, I meant to I meant to bring up uh, Keyshawn Johnson from Fresno State. Yeah, another guy Norman. going to Arizona. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Arizona trying to surround uh, Kyler Murray with a bunch of weapons. You know, Fresno State was more of a defensive team last year. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, one of the uh, top ten, uh, if you look at the advanced metrics um, in all of college football. But um, uh, they they had a great receiver in Keyshawn Johnson. He constantly made plays, and he's a really good route runner. Um, he had a poor combine though, which is why he dropped that far. But um, as a third receiver in that offense, potentially, uh, he could be. He could be something special. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I also want to kind of give a shout out to the Bengals in the draft. I think they over, overall had a pretty good draft, man. You kind of look at the mm-hmm. um, the players they selected, like, you know, a lot of trench players. Yeah, Jonah Williams, yeah. Uh, Drew Sample, a little bit of a reach. But I mean, you know, Ryan Finley, uh, he's, a, he's a quarterback that's kind of like developmental. Uh, he'll be a good backup. He can, he can help them out immediately if they do, if something happens to Dalton. Um, mm-hmm. Travion Williams, underrated running back guy from uh, A&M, kind of a smaller dude, but he can make people miss uh, pass casting chops. Uh, Rodney Anderson would probably be the, one of the top running backs yes. in this class as well if he hasn't gotten hurt so much in Oklahoma. Um, mm-hmm. And at the same time, you know, they just they Michael Jordan from Ohio State, uh, good offensive <laughs> lineman. Um, they they kind of went all over the place in this draft, and I think they got talented players at almost every position. Uh, Deshaun Davis from Auburn also a good linebacker. So yeah, I think they did, did a pretty good job. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I mean, that's pretty much all my stuff about the draft. Do you guys have any other stuff about the draft purely, or do you have any take on the undrafted players? Uh, so I haven't looked too much at the undrafted players, to be honest. Were there any that stood out to you, man, or Abhijay? Yeah, I mean, I, I have some research. Do you have anything, Abhijay? No, not right okay, now. Well, yeah. well, I found three guys that I really, really liked, and I'm actually literally doing this right now. But Elijah Holyfield, the running back the Panthers selected, I thought – they have a lot of speed and cast patching ability in, in uh, what's his name? McCaffrey. Yeah. But yeah, I think Holyfield will come in and be the red zone guy for them. And he was great at Georgia. You can never go wrong with Georgia running backs as well. So I thought that was a very, very good pick by the Panthers. I think that's actually the best undrafted signee period. In, yeah, uh, in another... I think Holyfield is that good, to be honest. Uh, you can really? Look at his, like, if you look at his weight adjusted 40, like right there, that kind mm-hmm. of... There's no way he'll really but, even see But the that's field. why, right, size, right? I think they need a red zone guy that can actually pound the rock in, and he's a touchdown machine. No, but that's machine. the thing. McCaffrey is better right. than Holyfield in the red zone, bro. He probably generates more power anyway. Like, if you kind of look at, like, if the 40 is not only about how fast you are, it's about how much power you can generate with your weight, right? And Holyfield shows that he's kind of slow and not explosive. If you look at McCaffrey, yeah. McCaffrey can get it done regardless. Like, he's a guy who was on the field for, like, I think he missed a total of, like, under 20 snaps the entire season or something like that like he's a guy that can play every snap they don't really need a backup i think undrafted free agents are more just like you know i feel like his dad might have just give, given the team a call and be like yo please sign my son no offense <laughs> I, mean, that, I, I don't have a high opinion of holyfield at all i don't think he's very good. i mean that could be a possibility yeah i just i think for an undrafted value i think it's not bad you that's know, true. But, I mean, it's always good value to do your diligence on drafted players mm-hmm. and see if they can mm-hmm. contribute. Because even special yeah. teams, you never know. Yeah, I don't think he'll do what his dad did, though. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, it's it's too bad, yeah. man, right? Like, his yeah. dad is such a big name. And, you know, I don't want to sound too much like a homer here, but when I looked at a lot of the Raiders' undrafted picks, I thought those were really, really good. I was surprised. I mean, Keelan Doss, right, receiver, uh from the Irvine area, he was actually, so Daniel Jeremiah, I don't know if you guys looked it up. Daniel Jeremiah hit the highest percent out of any draft analyst, followed by Matt Miller 
when it came to predicting the draft picks going to each team. Daniel Jeremiah was at the top, an entire, you know, sports leaderboard. He was the best. And he had in his rankings, he had Keelan Doss as one of the highest rated receivers, but purely because of his route running. So that was, I thought, a very, very sneaky good signing. And then Tavon Coney, linebacker for the Raiders yeah, as well. Yeah, I like he that was, guy a lot as well. Yeah, he He's was at Notre Dame. Him top and Drew Frank Wolf were a good partnership. Exactly. I mean, top 10 ranked linebacker in the entire NCAA last year. Number two in the entire run-stopping category, according to Pro Football Focus, and top 10 in pass coverage. That's To go undrafted, that's rare. I mean, that's shocking. That those both those guys went undrafted, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, there's always diamonds in the rough in the NFL, man. You never know. Um, I think oh, a lot absolutely. of these teams they have like a process, and they don't kind of account for variance enough in that process. Uh, in that process, yeah. so yeah, yeah, I think also uh, Miles Sanders. If we haven't talked about him already, he was the uh, second round pick for the Eagles. I think he can come in and make an instant impact as well. Yeah, without a Jai there anymore, I think that could be a good pick for them. Exactly. Yeah, but they do they do have Jordan on. Howard. Right, they got yeah, Howard. but I mean Howard is—he's just a guy. He's just there to like, you know, like mm-hmm. first and second down. But I think once they see what Miles Sanders can do in the passing game and stuff, uh, he'll get on oh, the field Sanders more. Sanders is and more. good. No, I, I like Sanders a lot. I agree with you completely. Exactly, Saquon's yeah. old backup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. So I yeah. mean, if you guys have any other thoughts, um, we can go ahead and talk about them. I mean, we well, log off for tonight. Yeah, I think like wrapping it up. I mean, if I were to rank the best drafts and the worst drafts, you know, top five and a few of the busts, I'd say the best drafts, I think the Redskins, in my opinion, and, you know, Rona, Gabi J, you guys can chime in, but I'd say if I were ranked top five, I thought the Redskins had the best draft, in my opinion. I thought they did an outstanding job. I'd say Seattle probably follows them. I think Arizona obviously had a great draft as well. They're probably number three. And then I would put the Raiders and the Patriots as well. You know, all, all five of those teams, I thought, had a great draft. They got players, you know, that address their needs number one and number two they got the best available players at each position i mean it's very very rare to get guys like metcalf and harry those are great receivers and then getting like for the raiders as well getting josh jacobs you get the best running back the best safety you know you get a leader on deep at the defense end position that's so rare and then arizona giving you know right off the bat giving pieces to your new franchise quarterback i mean colin murray's gonna be thrilled you know so i think those were the best drafts out of my top five. And the worst drafts, Giants didn't have a great draft. Okay, really fast know? before we get into the worst drafts, yeah. Neil. Uh-huh. Uh, I just uh-huh. want to disagree with you in Washington. I don't think they had one of the best drafts. Um, if really? You at, if you look at their players, Haskins, I've already told you guys about Haskins, why I don't like him. Um, mm-hmm. Montez Sweat, uh, you guys agreed as well. He's kind of a boom-bust kind of prospect, right? Um, Terry mm-hmm. McLaurin, I'm not very high on him. Like I get the chemistry he has with Haskins, but other than that, I don't really see what his claim to fame is. Um, and then Bryce Love's coming off the tour ACL. So yeah, lo- of, Love, I agree. Yeah, so you look but. at their, their top four picks in the draft, right? Haskins, to me, like, just from my opinion, Haskins, bust, Montez Sweat, super risky, McLaurin, just a guy. I'll hold you to that, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> With the hold Haskins hate, yeah, I'll hold, I'll hold you to it. Um, I'm going to go bold here, bro. I'm I'm going to go real bold. I'm going to say the Redskins are actually going to contend for the division le- next year, which is going to be crazy. Sounds crazy, but I think that's how good Haskins is actually going to be. I think he's going to shock, turn a lot of heads next year. I mean, if he does end up being like a rookie of the year candidate, then I, I don't think it's far-fetched to see them compete for the division, but uh, I don't I don't see it for me. 
But, I mean, anyways, continuing down, so, like, uh, McLaurin, just a guy, and then Bryce Love coming off the ACL, so you don't know when he's even going to play, if he's going to play this upcoming year. So, really, if you go all the way down and your first, like, contributing pick um, that contributes at a high level this year, because obviously quarterbacks take time to develop, and Montez Sweat um, may or may not be a good pick. But so if you look, okay, if you take away Montez Sweat, right, because he probably will end up being a, at least an above-average prospect. If your next best guy is Wes Martin, that right there is a big hole in your team because you, those first through third picks uh, you haven't really hit on, you know? And that's kind of the issue I see with the Redskins draft. But that's, that's only you assuming that Dwayne Haskins won't have an impact yet. immediately because yeah. he probably will. And, and yeah, Terry McLaurin was kind of a pick only because of the Ohio State connection. So that's why they went there. But at the same time, mm-hmm. it's like you're taking a big leap in saying that Dwayne Haskins won't outplay Case Keenum. Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, but that's the thing. Is outplaying Case Keenum, like, does that make you, like, worthy of, like, being a franchise quarterback right there? Well, but you said that it, to contribute immediately, right? He'll outplay Case Keenum and very likely and by the no, midseason I start. So immediately at a high level, con- I don't think he'll contribute immediately at a high level. That's I mean, I think mean, they, they, quarterbacks, they I think also that's, ex- that's expected to not come in and contribute yeah. at a high level. Like, I don't even think, I, you know, like, I don't even think Murray will come in and all of a sudden be like, bam, like a top 15. No, I agree like with Kyler Murray. I don't think Kyler Murray will come in. Kyler Murray is a different story. Yeah. To be totally honest, I actually thought Haskins was the most, you know, solid and NFL ready quarterback going into this draft. That's, you know, what I personally thought. And I. Debatable. Yeah, I, I thought it, he was definitely the best. And like, I mean, they also got Kelvin Harmon, right? People forget he was a great receiver at NC State too, and they got him in the sixth. So I felt like the Redskins addressed every one of their needs. They lost two guards. They went ahead and got one in the draft. They got, you know, a, a pass catching running back because, you know, Chris Thompson, we don't know how he will be. But I mean, Bryce Love is also pretty ruthless from that aspect. McLaurin, I can see, McLaurin, I can see where you're saying, like, I just think it's purely from the Haskins aspect, but that is definitely a reach. Don't get me wrong. Okay. I think that is a reach. But Monta Sweat, if he's, I mean, he Haskins has a heart condition. Reach? No, no, no. McLaurin. Oh, okay. I was like, no, 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 no. He was no, not okay. a reach. Yeah, no. No, no, no. Definitely not. I think Haskins is actually a great pick. I think that, I I mean, like, it's my opinion. Like, everyone's, you know, entitled mm-hmm. their own opinion. I thought Haskins was the best pick of the whole draft, personally. Okay. So, okay. How about this? How about this then? And Abijay, you mm-hmm. can even uh, jump in on this one. So, sure. So, Neil, you were about to say that the Giants were one of your worst, uh, were one of your bottom five, right? Just because of their pick, right? The the high level. I mean, you take a quarterback like okay. him that early. I was just exactly. shocked. So then, so personally, like in my evaluation of the prospects, I don't really mm-hmm. see like a huge difference between Daniel Jones and uh, Dwayne Haskins. And you don't have to agree. Really? So let's assume... Mm. Let's I just think assume. you're crazy then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You had, they had completely different... Judging by just based on statistics from college, they had completely different careers. But Daniel Jones' statistics, you have to throw them out the window, bro. His receivers dropped like the like a l- l- ridiculous amount of passes. Like if you add... like I think his receivers are at 10%, bro. If you add the dropped passes to his completion percentage, which obviously isn't realistic, but he jumps to like 68% completions. So like, like his receivers dropped a lot of passes. He was pressured on like the highest rate of any quarterback over the past two years. So like his stats, you kind of have to throw out the window and look at like how does he fit into like the NFL as like a prospect in terms of like throwing the ball, footwork, and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I'll, th- I'll throw something back at you. Okay, David Cutcliffe, QB whisperer in college. You really think that he's going to go into the NFL with the same uh, preparation that he got at Duke? Absolutely not. He's going to he's going to be downgraded in terms of coaching. 
So I think he's going to look even worse in the NFL than he did in college. Sure. And I mean, and that's the thing, right? Like I, I've already told you, I'm not a fan of Daniel Jones, but I'm also not a fan of Dwayne Hassage. So, but let's just assume for a second, right? That both the quarterbacks are about kind of the same as a prospect, right? Let's just mm-hmm. assume that for the sake of argument. Then I don't see the difference between the Giants draft and the Redskins draft. I think the Giants had a fine draft. They got Dexter Lawrence, DeAndre Baker. Julian loves a pretty underrated corner. Um, you know, and they adjust a bunch of their needs too. So how, why are the Giants... So that's, uh, why, that's why I'll pose the question. Because, okay, why are the, the Giants reason, bottom five and Redskins top five? The so reason why the Giants player. are getting vilified for their draft is because Daniel Jones was at best a second round or maybe third round pick and they drafted him with the seventh slot. So that's why they're getting all this flack. That's why. Because oh. there's there's no value at taking jo- Daniel Jones that early. But that's the thing. Because you could have gotten someone else but at that same pick and still gotten Jalen Jones later. But that's the thing, right? They were convinced that he was their franchise quarterback. You don't just you don't pass on your franchise quarterback, even if you're completely wrong about him being your franchise quarterback. Like even if like you're saying the sky is green, if you believe the sky is green, then you have to you know walk outside thinking the sky is green. The same thing with Daniel Jones, yeah. man. If you if you think he's your franchise quarterback, you have to draft him at six. You don't take a chance. I mean, when I look at it, right, I think the Giants definitely addressed the defense very, very well. I'm not questioning their defensive draft, but they, I mean, you get Darius Slayton in the fifth round. That's not a great receiver. You know, you, I'm like looking through their draft, draft as we speak. Even Julian Love on Notre Dame, he got burned significantly. He loved a lot of yards. You could take a prospect in the third round and a pass rusher and Oshani's a means like from old dominion. That's, I don't know, man. Like I looked at the giants draft and I thought, okay, Dexter Lawrence, great pick. DeAndre Baker, great pick. Other than that, none of these guys stood out. Maybe Ryan Connolly, he was a good pick too, but it's like, you know, you gotta be a little bit more consistent. Okay. But then I other than Dwayne see... Haskins, where's the great pick for the, other than Dwayne Haskins and Montez Sweat, where's the great pick for the Redskins? So, so Montez Sweat. I mean, you're really going to take the first two picks they had and just say, oh, we can't use that as evidence. No, you right? can. If you did that for every other other team in the draft, then there'd be nothing to talk about. And I, thought, well, I mean, the I Giants had two Love, great picks in the first round, and the Redskins had two great picks in the first round. Other than and that, I think Bryce Love, you know, we forget, right? Love was the best running back in the yeah, NCAA last year. Like this year, he was hurt. But last year, he was undoubtedly the best running back. He was going to be a consensus number one overall yeah, like, so. running back. And before no, he that, got that ACL injury. Fair. So um, I mean, my, my mm-hmm. thing is, I just don't see the, the reason for the huge gulf between the two yeah. teams. I think their drafts are no, kind of comparable. So like, if you so I think it's valid, you have to like, like you can like one more than the other, but I don't think you can significantly like more than the other. So, That's so the pure, point. the pure decision I think is if Haskins turns out to be a bust, then I think you're absolutely right. You know, but if he turns out to be a good quarterback, the Redskins basically had a killer, killer draft, right? I think, Haskins- I think one thing needs to be pointed out is that the Redskins didn't trade up for Haskins. He fell to them. So they didn't, it's not like mm-hmm. they wait, they like traded up and, and used up picks to get him. They, they got him at a natural, like, like uh, position in the draft. At the value. Yeah. At an yeah. incredible value. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's so fair. Um, yeah. I mean, the Giants didn't trade up for Daniel Jones either. But, no, I know. Yeah. I mean, no, I know. Thing, right? but... See, all the hate for Daniel Jones, I understand. Like, because you guys feel that Daniel Jones is a horrible prospect, which I more or less agree with. That's most why you guys don't people, like the Giants. Okay, most, stuff, of the, right? most of the draft analysts that, that study this more than any of us, they mostly had him in the second and third round. So the they had they lock think, over him. So, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. honestly, from the looks of it, the rest of the teams in the NFL draft also had him a whole round or two lower. So that's why we're giving them so much flack for it. 
And it's like you trade Odell Beckham Jr. You go get, you know, good picks on defense, but you really didn't give Jones a lot of receiving weapons. I just, I don't know, man. I feel like the Giants really didn't hit this draft that well. Like if you really wanted to kill the draft, you would have given him at least some weapons. I know he's learning under Eli, but you know, they already have O-line issues. They barely addressed the O-line properly. They got a lot of prospects. You know, that was their biggest issue was offensive line, and they didn't even address that properly. So I, I felt like the Redskins actually addressed each need that they had, and they took a couple of best available players. I felt like the Giants, outside of their defensive tackle and their corner position, everything else was, you know, very, very up in the air. That's why I didn't like the rest of the Giants draft. I mean, I mean, same thing with them. I thought the Bears, like you said, I think we all agreed they had a very, very questionable questionable draft. Dallas had a weird draft. The 49ers, you reach, you, you get to take a hunter in the fourth round. That's, that's unacceptable. <laughs> yeah, and Debo Samuel in the second that early with like A.J. Brown and Metcalf available. I, uh, I, I don't know, but no, like going, sorry for changing the topic. Going back to your point, Ronick, I, I think it, it pretty much, you know, if Haskins is a good pick, I think the Redskins have a good draft. If Haskins ends up, you know, having a bad year, then, you know, you're absolutely right. Then Haskins yeah. was not a I great mean, pick. Even then, I think it takes three or four years to actually judge a quarterback, <laughs> right? Like, I don't think it's That's fair true. to just, like, judge a quarterback yeah. off their first year. So I'm perfectly but, fine with waiting yeah. for Haskins. Like, if he mm. does bad next year, I'm not going to say, oh, Haskins sucks. I'm going to say, okay, yeah. he had a bad year. Let's see what happens in two more years, you know? But if he comes out there and, you know, they contend for the division and they have a great year and he, you know, tosses, I mean, rookie quarterbacks rarely bake, break 30 touchdowns. If he gets like what, 26 or 27 touchdowns and has about a two to one touchdown interception ratio, that's an outstanding year for a rookie quarterback. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, at, at that point, I'm basically just, you know, I'm eating my cake um, yeah. at, that, at that point. So, but, but no, don't get me wrong. I mean, like you have a very, very valid point that if Haskins ends up not being the right guy, then the Redskins obviously didn't have a great draft, but you know, I, I will be in disbelief, absolute shock. If Haskins doesn't turn out to be a franchise quarterback, I think he has all the tools, all the fundamentals. He's a leader. He's gritty. He's out here to prove everybody wrong for dropping the 15th. And I mean, when you toss for 50 touchdowns in the big 10, you know, you're on a very, very touchdowns and, and he never, he never threw for more than 10 interceptions. He threw only yeah. nine in his entire career. And Although it was he, only a year and a half. Though yeah. he may not have happy, though he may have slight happy feet. He's not a run first quarterback. Can people That's forget right. about that? Oh yeah. Not he does at all. He's not that fast. Yeah. He can't really run. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, I, I, I think, I mean, I personally think the Redskins are going to shock a lot of teams and I think they're going to actually contend for the NFC East. And then, you know, that, that was basically what I believe, but I mean, we'll see, you know, if, if it doesn't turn out well, it doesn't turn out well for them, but I, I think Haskins is going to be a good quarterback. So, yeah. I mean, one more thing I'm I, very confident in Haskins, I, wanna, but yeah. <laughs> I wanted to point out as well is the Redskins, there was a report. I don't know if you guys saw it as well about the Redskins, uh, there was like some internal fighting where the GM and the owner wanted Haskins, but um, Jay Gruden really wanted Daniel Jones. Oh, I did not know that. And, and <laughs> I, if you guys, and you know, as, as people who are around the NFL, you guys know like the Redskins GM, Bruce Allen and the owner, if they think something, you usually want to think the opposite. So that's all I'm saying. Like I think when Jay, and Jay Gruden's one of the offensive minds I respect a lot in the league. So... When I hear something like that, it really makes me think, like, wow, you know, like, if he's high on Daniel Jones and low on Haskins, 
and Bruce Allen and uh, you know Dan Snyder are high on a are high on a Dwayne Haskins. Then it just makes me think a little bit. You know, that's that's the only thing I'll put out there. Oh, that's valid. I, I can see where you're coming from. I don't know. I, I will say this though: uh, a broken clock is right twice a day. So that hey, that's also fair, man. Exactly. You, know, you never know. At the <laughs> yeah. end of the day, I mean, there's so much can't, analysis. Can't get that, them all wrong all the time. Hey, like, there's so yeah. much analysis that shows that the draft is a crapshoot. So most of the stuff we Absolutely. said today will just end up being like wrong or right at like a basically even mm-hmm. rate. But I yeah, mean, and really, know. what we're doing right now is, I mean. It's it's post draft analysis, but at the same time, we're never going to know any of these answers to the questions we have for another like three four years. So exactly, yeah. exactly, yeah. and that I all has to be. Yeah, I think it'll be really interesting to see how it all plays out. I mean, anyways, guys, um, this was a super fun episode, man. I had a great time talking to you guys. Um, you know, we'll uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, thank you, Ron. Like, I think you provided great insight. Same with you, Abj. You guys provided a lot of great insight and. You know, going forward, I think these are a lot of things to keep in mind, right? Is which teams, you know, have a good longevity based on these picks and which teams actually completely whiffed, you know? So we'll find out. Exactly, man, Mm -hmm. for sure. All right, thanks for coming on, guys. I'll talk to you later. Yeah, thank you.